0: it's thursday you know what that means that means it's time to ignite the dynamite of the day after it happened and folks this is day after dynamite i am will washington but i'm not alone here hey you know this guy here he's a guy that you usually hear me with every saturday uh talking graps uh it's mr philip lindsey
1: what's going on guys i am in the building
0: yes and we're uh you know, if people have always asked me like, well you gonna have Phil and Reg on Day After Dynamite?" One, I'm like, "Y'all hear me with them every week," but um, we haven't gotten to do like a full on like show breakdown together, and so I am happy to have Phil Lindsay here on Day After Dynamite, and then I'll I'll have Reg on like probably real soon. Um, but stay after Dynamite, and this was a uh, a highly anticipated episode. I will say, because uh, this was live. Boston, Massachusetts, Aganus Arena, uh, a venue that AEW's run twice before and both times sold out. Um, Although, sold out is one of those terms that uh, usually it's like, if you reach over like a 99 or 98% capacity, we're like, okay, we'll call that sold out. Because this was the most tickets they had sold um, in this venue. But the last time they were here, they also called it sold out. Um, yeah. In the time before that they called it sold out but regardless, it's always a great venue for them um, and Boston always turns out, this one sold out really quickly too, it's not like this is one of those ones that was like still selling to the last minute Like I want to say for the last maybe month and a half, they've only had like, maybe two digits worth of tickets left so, um, shout out Boston uh, coming through and I knew a number of people who were there by the way because I know uh, Jay Shell was there um, Cody Carlson, uh, host of RBR, was there, um, and I know Scott Lesh, always doing great photography, he was there as well. Uh, so that was really cool um, to to see the venue packed like that, and they were packed in anticipation for a main event that saw the young bucks take on MDR. But we'll get there. We'll get there. How are you today, by the way, Phil?
1: I am still in a Dallas uh, hangover mode because it's like since I've been back, it's like trying to juggle stuff and been, you know, kind of busy. And, you know, also, you know, dealing with uh, my internal clock being kind of screwy um, from being up late in Dallas and, you know, drinking lots of coffee. So, yeah, still a little bit hungover from Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, no, cool.
0: uh, and, and same. Uh, I will say if you watched me in uh in Sean's podcast last night or yesterday, uh, there will be no breaking news on this one. Nah, <laughs>
1: nobody's gonna call in. I thought for a second um I was gonna jump in and uh have to take over for Sean because he was like, Take it away, Phil and I thought I was gonna slide in on another panel <laughs> <laughs> I know when he said that I'm like,
0: I don't see Phil here, what are you talking about? um no that was uh that was fascinating to see because um you know i don't know i i obviously have been around breaking news but it's it was i know for a lot of people they're commenting they are like that was fascinating to see in real time um, yeah it go from okay getting the phone call for the rumor uh basically putting the rumor out there then texting to verify is this true? Got a co- uh, confirmation that it was, and then publishing that it was, like, watching that all in real time unfold, and then, yeah. like I said, said source also texted me an apology, just saying, like, <laughs> hey, uh, sorry, I uh, had to get that one out there, though. Uh, so, <laughs> i
1: by the way, if I had slid in after you said that, that would have been pretty great. <laughs> I've always wanted to just slide in and do color commentary for something. You know how they uh, do the boxing matches and the guy will come in and he'll be like, okay, Jim. So, yeah, it, it, so I always <laughs> wanted to just slide in, just, like, have, like, a quick blurb and then that's it for the rest of the show.
0: Yeah. And, hey, I want to see, um, oh, and I'm being told my mic is low. Of course it is. That's uh, That seems to be a common problem here. But you know what? We are going to raise this up uh all right tell me what you guys think of that and if that's too loud then i will bring it back down um but thank you uh damian fresh for letting me know that my mic is low keep me posted on these things throughout the show so i can fix them rather than hear it after the fact and then i'm like damn i went a whole hour doing this show without my mic being at a good level hopefully that's good um and yeah uh, if you want your comments about today's dynamite or last night's dynamite being heard on this show uh, or read on this show brought up on the screen send us your super chats over at youtube.com slash fightful overbooked and we will try to get those out there and talk about it a lot to talk about on this show uh, still low is what I'm told uh, that's fun um, alright well we'll just boost it up a whole lot more. Uh, how is that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm still being told, still low. Um, this is always fun audio for people. Um, or hell. And now I'm being told you're fine. Okay. I'm not going to spend much time playing with that anymore. Um, hopefully that's good. So, Rhapsody is going to be on this Saturday. Don't forget to check us out. That's at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, That is at youtube.com slash Fightful. Uh, So, this show kicked off with a much-anticipated one-on-one match. We saw going one-on-one. Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. I say much-anticipated because this match was actually supposed to happen way back at Full Gear. uh, Back when the Super Elite was feuding with Jurassic Express. And um, and it seemed like they were going with the Young Bucks versus uh, Jurassic Express just two-on-two, two, and then Christian would face Adam Cole one-on-one, but it ended up turning into the six-man street fight that we ended up getting instead. Uh, and then we never really revisited the one-on-one between Adam Cole and Christian Cage. So we're finally back here. Adam Cole, Christian Cage, one-on-one. Um, and man I want more singles matches from Christian because yeah. I thought that was uh, that was phenomenal I Christian to me it is amazing how in 2022 this dude wrestles like his prime it's hard to even address than what his prime was because it's exactly the same there's like not a missing step it doesn't feel like there's anything that I see Christian doing today that i don't feel he couldn't have done before oh it's a pop-in on day after dynamite (laughs) it's the usual um come on and say hi mr lambert
2: hi i'm here because (laughs) phil's here and i'm here to heckle everybody how are you guys doing hi
1: come on man heart Hard at work during Mania Weekend. Mr. Jeremy Lambert, the <laughs> oh, point guy.
2: I'm so burnt out from Mania Weekend, guys. So burnt out. But yeah. I was happy to see you guys have, have a bunch of fun and hanging out with uh, some other pals and whatnot. Glad y'all, you guys had a had a good time down there, it looked like.
0: Yes, yeah. we we did. And um I don't know. When's the next time we get to see you?
2: Uh I mean I'm going to Dynamite in Pittsburgh, but I know that's not close for you guys. I'll be I think we're gonna make all in like, uh, like a regular thing. So oh, okay. I assume, assuming it's I, in Chicago and everything. I, I will be
1: there if it's in Chicago.
0: There you go. Um, I mean, everybody I've talked to seems to be under the impression that it's in Chicago. Like when I talk to people from AEW, they just kind of like drop that. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to be in Chicago for All Out and blah, blah, And they just keep going. And I'm like, okay, is that like confirmed? <laughs> or are you just working off the assumption that yeah, because I mean... it's always been in Chicago that... That's how it works. I'm not sure when they say that because I'm like, I'm not taking that as confirmation. Right. But it feels like it's kind of confirmation because you wouldn't be just saying that you'd actually be making kind of travel plans. So I don't know. Yeah. There,
2: there's a chance. I, I, I just said this on, on our show. If Cody faces Roman at SummerSlam, I'll, I'll be at SummerSlam. I'll make the trip to SummerSlam.
0: That's Nashville, right? That's Nashville.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna yeah. do that. And then if Sean doesn't do double or nothing in Vegas, he might. I might end up doing that one. So and Will, if if yeah, the Avs are in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'll be I'll be in Denver. I'm gonna stay with you, and, and we'll go. I'm just booking myself to stay. <laughs> you. Uh, hey, yeah, behind and, that, and we'll curtain, go to a game.
0: Behind that curtain, right there, is a guest suite. I actually See? don't care. There we go. So, I'm, I'm booking the,
2: myself. If the Avs are in the finals, I'm booking myself to stay with you. Yeah. Uh, well either way we will catch you eventually yes. um
1: right. yeah poor, poor will missed the uh mr karaoke because he got there like right when we left oh, last I know. year uh,
0: yeah I did I, I I walked in and everybody's like oh they just left I'm like, what the hell like
2: what do you mean they just left <laughs> and we only we only ran into each other' as, like a chance in the parking lot yeah like...
0: and uh at, at now arena yeah yeah so that was just all but it all worked out and it's, uh all is good.
2: All right, I just popped in to say hi since that's my running bit. I should come on this show after my own show to say hi to you guys. Enjoy enjoy the show. Have a great show. Tremendous show last night. AEW Dynamite. One of the best lineups ever. Honestly, one of the best wrestling cards we've ever seen on AEW, on TBS. I'm pretty sure TBS is very happy with the ratings. I don't know what they were. But TBS is very thrilled with the demo ratings. Over 3 million viewers on TBS. Samoa Joe, one of the biggest stars in wrestling. We have Samoa Joe on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> if you want FTR Young Bucks, dream match, one once in a lifetime, dream match on AEW Dynamite. Have a tremendous day. That, guys. Bye.
0: <laughs> I have seen the ratings and it's not that. Uh, but 3 million <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh what we did see was uh like i said Christian Christian Cage uh, i don't know like i said there's just something about him that like i keep waiting for him to not be uh the the performer he once was but like every time i see him he continues to work exactly as he did in like 2000 and I don't know, what would you consider Christian's prime? I feel like, to me, it's, like, late impact, like, early WWE return to me.
2: Yeah,
1: I would say probably that impact run, probably its peak. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, I've seen people act like, you know, what was the point of signing Christian? And I feel like last night was a pretty big indication of what was the point of signing him because, man, that was a pay-per-view quality match. It was. And Adam Cole has kind of become like the king of great opening matches because he's gotten he's gotten away with like doing these main event caliber matches to start the show to kind of hook people that are coming from Big Bang Theory or whatever else to keep watching the show. And this was this was tremendous. Uh, and not only was the match good, but then we got the stuff afterwards where it looked like they're still teasing this heel turn with uh, Christian, and I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. Well, so there were a couple of things. Um, One, uh, I had a few observations. I'm not one to harp on Adam Cole's size, though I do think that people who are good at it are funny. Um, That said, it is interesting to think about the fact that in 2003, Christian was considered like a smaller guy, and it was always like, Uh, Oh, you know, can Christian hang because he's not as big as some of the other dudes in WWE? And a dude, like, dwarfs Adam Cole.
1: (laughs) Yes, he does.
0: (laughs) And so that was, like, the first observation I could make as a longtime viewer that, uh, again, Christian was never seen as that big. But uh, up against Adam Cole, this dude is, like, a titan. And so, (laughs) okay. Uh, But, yeah, they did continue to tease the heel turn. Uh, yeah, after the match um, out came Red Dragon, they jumped uh, Christian, which then led to um, the uh, Hangman coming for the save, and massive pop, by the way. I know there's all this discussion about, is Adam Cole, or Adam Page working as champion, and should they take the belt off of him, blah blah blah, but like, the thing is regardless of any of that discussion, the one thing that hasn't changed, that hasn't waned, are the crowd reactions. He still gets big super pops.
1: popular, man.
0: He's still very popular. Cowboy shit still very over. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like I would touch that. Uh, that I like I, I like if if there's a plan and I feel like there is for when his title reign is supposed to end. I wouldn't deviate from any plans right now. No. because uh, even though I think they're double or nothing, I don't think he's um, going to hold it beyond double or nothing. But I just feel like Hangman, uh, when his music hits. It, he gets a pop got, every time. It, um, every time,
1: yeah. I think I think it's mostly an internet discussion about how well his uh, his uh, championship reign has has gone, and I think it's mostly because other people want to see someone else as champion, whether it be Bryan or Punk or you know Cole or whoever else it is. But I think they've pretty much you know put their you know drawn their line in the sand to say, look, this this guy is guys, the champion. We've worked for over a year to build this story of making him champion. And I feel like the story they're telling of him being a competent fighting champion is a good one. I feel like every challenge he's taken, he's come out of it looking even more confident and even stronger.
0: I no, And I agree with all that. Honestly, um, I had a wrestler explain this to me. And I, I had this discussion with you. But I had a wrestler explain to me um, one time. And this is a WWE guy. And he kind of explained to me what... People are missing about Cole, and uh, I don't know if it's a bad thing, and not Cole, Page. Sorry, I got my Adams out here, but uh, what they're missing about Adam Page, Um, and why for a lot of people it's not clicking. Uh, And so I don't like to get into a whole lot of WWE discussion on the show because the show is not called Day After Raw or SmackDown. Um, But I do want to note what's happening here so and it's not necessarily a bad thing it uh, it is just the thing and again this this came to me this was brought to me by somebody wrestled in WWE um, and just kind of how things work there so it was explained to me the WWE machine and that the WWE machine the way it works and the way wrestlers in WWE all understand it is that the WWE machine has a direction that they choose And when they choose said direction, everybody in the company is to be on board with said direction. And case in point, the WWE machine is currently behind Roman Reigns. And so the direction, as far as the company is concerned, is all about Roman Reigns. It is all about uh, Roman is seen as the top guy. Roman is the guy that we put all our resources into. He is the guy we focus on. Everybody's job in that company is to essentially work toward getting Roman Reigns over, because the more Roman Reigns is over, as the representative of the company, as a representative of the company, the better off we all are. And that is the understanding of the WWE machine. Um, and it, it it's not a new thing. That's how it was with John Cena. That's how it was with hulk hogan that's how the company operates when the machine chooses a guy they they put everything behind that guy um and nxt did that to an extent with adam cole where it was adam cole was the guy they picked adam cole and they said he is our guy and no matter what anything else no matter what else is going on in the show we are the show is about getting adam cole over bottom line he is who the machine is behind AEW doesn't necessarily operate with a machine-type mentality. That with Adam Cole moving forward as the top babyface, there isn't necessarily a machine that's kind of going, okay, everybody is to coalesce behind Adam. So I keep saying Adam Cole, Adam Page. Um, They are to get behind Adam Page and make sure that Adam Page is seen as the guy. AEW seems to be operating more just on a this is happening here, this is happening here, this is happening here, this is happening here, and you as fans are free to choose what you are into or be into everything. But there isn't necessarily, like, you don't really get that that mode of when other segments are happening, the commentators are still talking about Adam Page. Like, that's not really happening on on this show because that's not really how it operates. They don't really have the, the big machine that is behind the guy. And I feel like there's a lot of fans that need that, that need to kind of be told, just because that's what they grew up on and that's kind of the system they know they, they, they need the feeling of this is our, or this is the guy this is the guy who is the champ of the company and he is the man that the company is behind and uh, no matter what else we do he is the face I feel like if people don't have that they don't necessarily feel like somebody matters and so there is a lot of discussion over is Adam Page mattering as much as he could when I feel like it's more so, I think he does. I just think that the company doesn't really have that kind of marketing force behind him the way that that the way WWE works. And so, without people having that, that's how they feel about him. Um, yeah,
1: I saw a lot of people last night saying that um, the difference they see in something like Roman, for example, is that Roman as champion starts the show. He does his you know his long promo. Or he ends the show and he does his long promo. And they don't do that with Hangman. And I actually feel the opposite. I don't need to see Hangman do that every episode. Because I feel like it gets very formulaic. Um, and I feel like, yeah, some people feel like they need to see that to feel like he's the big deal and he's the guy. But I still feel like when you look at you know Hangman's um, additions to the show, when you look at his matches, he feels like the guy. Like Right now it feels like nobody can beat him. If you look at all of the wins he's gotten... He looks almost unbeatable.
0: Right. And and I feel like that's going to be proven again next week. Um, speaking of which, I thought he had a good promo here. Yeah. And, of course, then he goes and challenges um, Adam Cole. There you go. My Adam's right. Uh, he challenges Adam Cole to a Texas death match next week. And that kind of bugged me because I thought, uh, isn't that what he had against Lance Archer just, like, month and a half ago um wasn't that a texas death match i'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was and it it was because i I saw a lot of
1: people saying not another death match
0: yeah and not just that Wasn't that match like not in texas and now we like are in texas and (laughs) so was it
1: in texas wait a minute
0: i don't think that one was um and uh i want to say that one was in now I am actually drawing a blank on what city that was in. Um, that one wasn't the Atlantic City one, was it? Uh, I guess I have to look.
1: I think it was in Texas. I think it was in Dallas, wasn't it?
0: No, because they haven't had a Dallas show since... Uh, hold on, let's see. Oh, I was right. Atlantic City. Holy shit. Oh, there you go? Yeah, it was Atlantic City. Okay. Um, there it is. I thought. I thought the trap had failed me it had not uh so um yeah that one was atlantic city and they and i remember thinking at the time why i guess it's because lance archer's from texas but otherwise uh yeah there's not having a texas death match in texas and now we are doing the texas death match in texas but i feel like we just did that so uh, I would like to see something else, but I recognize it's already been announced. And it's for next week's live edition of Rampage. So
1: I thought that was interesting as well. He put a lot of emphasis on it being a live episode. I don't know, man. I, I enjoy Hangman as champion. I, I, I enjoy that he has not backed down to any challenge. And I think that that story works so well because it's, uh, it's an extension of what his story was for the first year, two years with the company. And... I think without that uh, context, some people might be mixing it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really enjoy his growth as a character.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see where this one goes. And, of course, uh, the winner of this, as was mentioned a couple of um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the winner of this will be likely CM Punk's opponent at Double or Nothing. So where are we going? I don't know. Uh, And we've got some super chats here. We will start with uh, Ricardo. The bad guy says, Bucks versus FTR popped me, then kept on popping me. Love that. Really good match. Um, J Blood says, the only thing to do is lean into Hangman as your ace. Every chance they get to let uh, Hangman play the fans' heartstrings, the better. They already love him, put him in jeopardy, have him overcome over and over um, and Ricardo also says the heel who beats Paige will get nuclear heat. Um, if it's a heel, if, if, it, if it's a heel,
1: if it's if it's Punk, it might punk, be cheered.
0: I think Punk could beat him. Um, Jay Blood says Hangman now requesting the match that scared him two months ago is a bit of the too subtle progression we're seeing. Um, people
1: aren't people aren't nice. it's layers. You're right, not paying attention to the layers.
0: I kind of like that. Okay, I wasn't even thinking about that. Anyway, overall. um match and segment combined this was an easy b plus for me um it was a really solid match with uh with adam cole and christian and then i thought hangman came out with fire and intensity uh it was good it was real good
1: yeah i agree i think b plus is is a is a really uh good grade for it i think the only thing that stops it from being an a is that AW does a lot of run-ins and it was like it's sometimes it feels like all right all right we've seen a run-in we've seen red dragon and adam come out and do the run-in but i thought the way they handled the run-in this week was really good i thought paige again looked very confident um and he's, he continues to look like a strong champion
0: he does uh and then we got to the much anticipated dynamite debut samoa joe took on max caster and I think the thing everybody was waiting for in this one was what was Max Caster going to say? And he didn't disappoint, did he? Uh, I thought Max Caster's rap, this was probably one of his best ones, I thought. Uh, like, you could even see Samoa Joe's face of like, all right, that one, that one stung a little bit. Uh, called him injury prone. Um, mentioned the X Division. Uh, and then... Noted that we beat NXT while you were champion. Uh, I thought those were some good digs. I don't think that last one was true because they weren't head to head at that time. But uh, no. either way, yeah. But hey, <laughs> the,
1: the best part about rap sometimes when you're in the diss is is to lie. You know, the lies are the best part. Uh, <laughs> but uh, other than his uh, his freestyle being great, is I thought the best part of it was uh, was my man <laughs> Bowen coming around with the with the towel around his neck like Joe and throwing it. I thought that was hilarious.
0: Yeah, no, I I had fun with this. Uh, I I love Joe and and I'm glad that they did catch people up because I, I was worried that hey you know Ring of Honor's pay per view did well. It did about twenty thousand buys, but that's also like. Uh, a, a drop in the bucket that's 2% of the people that watch the Dynamite. So yeah. uh, it's like, okay, you, you do. I'm not one of those people who's like, okay, things have to be explained. Uh, like, fans will mostly get it. But I felt like Ring of Honor, that's too niche. Like, you, you do need to explain things when it comes to Ring of Honor. Um, and I was glad they showed the video package of Jonathan Gresham winning the title. Uh, as Jordan Grace pointed out, Jonathan Gresham's like, Network television debut <laughs> and-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much um, yeah, and they recapped all of the the Jay lethal stuff as well mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought uh I thought the way that they started this was great again i I think it's only a matter of time before the acclaim our baby faces. they're such a popular act. They I think are. anybody that is discounting just how great they are in front of a live crowd, you're not paying attention when they come out because the crowd is clearly into them every time.
0: And they had a, a, a Neutron this week. Uh, they updated all their graphics to be um, the, mostly of the color of their gear. I thought that was important, actually, when the when all of that hit. Uh, no, I was actually, you know, the match was whatever. It was uh, a basic squash. Um, Caster got some offense in, but only after Bowen's distracted. Uh, but uh, this one gains a point because we saw the muscle buster again yes and... i
1: was really excited to see the muscle buster again i was surprised that he pulled it out this fast um mm-hmm. but i feel like that was very intentional to let you guys know like nope this is this is the joe you're used to this is no restrictions and i was happy about that and also of course we got the viral moment of him doing his money dance which yes. was fantastic <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> i yeah no i was i was so great with that that uh be real happy and no it was just good to see joe kind of having fun but still being like in joe's gonna kill you mode i was yeah no, easy this was this gets a b for me i thought uh everybody kind of did their part here after the match um we well actually let's get your rating first
1: yeah i I think i'm gonna agree with you i think b is a good grade i think it was a good way to reintroduce people to joe and you know Castor did his part. He just went out there and took a beating and annoyed people like he usually does.
0: Yeah. I liked it. Uh, And then, of course, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt uh, are on the Tron, and uh, you know, Lethal is talking about why he's had his his sudden change of heart. um, Which, like, this is one of those things that's kind of within the continuity of the show. Like That, you really, if you've been watching Dynamite, Uh, everything here should make pretty perfect sense because you had two weeks ago Lethal Lose um, to Cole, but he got very close. The week later, he lost to Moxley, but came very close. And then you got a video package that showed you he finally snapped uh, this past week, and he turned. Uh, And then he was kind of explaining that. I thought Jay was actually fine here, Um, and he's got a surprise uh, he's going to roll out the red carpet for Joe. What does that mean?
1: I don't know, but you mentioned something I forgot to mention that I enjoyed about the Christian-Adam Cole match. I think we've been watching Adam Cole for weeks. Um, now that he's not on NXT and he's on, you know, a main roster show. Um, he has been pushed to a limit every time. He has been, he, he pulled out a lot of reversals this week and it still wasn't enough. He still had to cheat to win. And I just like that bit of storytelling of him stepping into a big league situation and him being kind of out of his depth.
0: I had thought about that. That's pretty good. Uh, I had thought about that at all
1: because he did the same thing last week in that match with with Lethal, where he had to he had to cheat to win.
0: He did. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and it is funny too because. Uh, I think a lot of guys who came out of NXT, I think there's a lot of kind of misplaced stock, I think, put in both the Full Sail crowd and the the CWC in that there's a lot of things that were over with that one crowd of people and it's a lot of the same people every week that, like, you know, it's really hard to gauge how over something is unless it's really touring from city to city because you could be over in one city and not the next. And uh, there were benefits to... There's, there's a benefit to being in the same city and then there's there's not um, yeah. but yeah we also then had oh this was a favorite of mine it went exactly as I thought it was going to go but nonetheless still happy with it that's right folks the captain <laughs> Sean D versus Sean Spears the battle of the Shans uh, and we knew where this was going but, nonetheless, I was still happy with exactly how it went. Sean Dean is now 2-0 against members of the Pinnacle. Sean Dean, uh, already in the ring, and, um, and Sean Spears gets his entrance. Uh, the, the full entrance, by the way, the one he's been doing for, like, three years. Uh, and he gets full entrance. They have a match where... Oh, and MJF is on commentary, by the way. Uh, and they keep using MJF on commentary to promote the show Rat in the Kitchen. I think that whole bit is hilarious. So hilarious. That bit is hilarious. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Tony is Tony's really great at uh, playing up how much he doesn't like MJF and playing up the tension between them. It's so good.
0: Yes. Uh, and really, this was just Sean Dean kind of getting worked over by Sean Spears uh, until uh wardlow makes his way in, destroys a whole bunch of security shout out to uh to the waves half of waves and curls uh (laughs) who got put through the barricade and uh as wardlow made his way in and they made the signs bigger this time i thought that was a good bit uh and as that distracted Sean Spears, Sean Dean catches him with the roll up one two three. This time he pinned him.
1: Yeah. Um. Man, look. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I feel like Sean Spears, not Sean Dean. Sean Spears has been slowly proving more and more why he was why he was so hot with NXT as Ty, and why he was such an interesting signing for AEW he's pretty good in ring. And I think he has a good entrance. Shout out to Josiah, really good entrance music. Um, And I thought he (laughs) he was working Sean over for most of this match until he got distracted and then Dean pulled up the win. If this leads to the infantry getting their first TV match against FTR, I want it, man. Get Charlie Bravo. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't watched that uh, that promo video they did this week, it's yeah, no, so you know, Carly, good.
0: That was great. I was very happy with that. Now, honestly, um, on one end, I'm like, because they announced that it's going to be Sean, Spear- or Sean Dean versus MJF next week in a rematch, and on one end, I'm like, okay, is this where it all comes to a crashing end? But then I'm like, y'all are selling t-shirts. Don't end it here. Uh, I, I want, think he's going to pin him. <laughs> I think if he doesn't pin him, I want him to like win via countout or something next and like just continue to find ways to rack up the wins for Sean Dean <laughs> and keep him undefeated on TV. I will be there next week, by the way. I will ah. be there at Dynamite in New Orleans. Um, it'll be very hard to miss me once you see where my seats are. Uh, because I, uh, these are, like, really good front row seats. Um, man,
1: bring, bring a big bean sign and <laughs> shut up. I did not mention this, by the way, in our group chat or anywhere else. So this is a world premiere.
0: Uh-oh.
1: I actually sat across from that man eating beans when we went to dinner <laughs> on Sunday night. No! <laughs> in the building with him eating baked beans.
0: I have not heard this story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we went to get barbecue one night, uh-huh. and he did indeed eat baked beans. We went to I barbecue. missed
0: because I left Saturday. This was on Sunday. You guys went out.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Was this Saturday? No, I think it was Sunday. It was Sunday.
0: Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I left on Saturday. I missed Reg actually eating baked beans.
1: Yeah, we went. We went to go get dinner before we watched WrestleMania. Um, that's when it happened.
0: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Can't believe I had to miss that.
1: Pretty pretty good barbecue, by the way. Where did we go? Bone Daddy. That's where we went.
0: Yeah, this is a, you know, I, and it's not to knock it. It's that there's not much else to it. Um, I would, this one gets like a B- minus from me. And really it's because um, I was actually going to go with a C, but then I realized, you know what? The one piece we didn't talk about here, we kind of glanced over it. Wardlow is so
2: over. <sighs> They chanted Uh,
0: throughout this match Wardlow's name. It was just Wardlow chants left and right and I was just blown away at how over this man has gotten through this. Uh, This split has been really successful for Wardlow and uh, now they just got to get us to double or nothing at this point. Uh, There's (laughs) nothing else to do. Double or nothing MJF and Wardlow is the only place to go from here.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I think they've executed his face turn really well. I thought his, his uh, beatdown of all the security guards looked really good. The one guy that he uh, repeatedly threw into that uh, <laughs> into that security door looked great. Um, yeah, I think he, 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 looks, he looks like a big monster in this. And I think uh, they've done enough to keep him away from MJF. So when they finally do have that match, I'm guessing at double or nothing, it's going to be a big deal
0: it is it's feeling like a big deal now like uh, people like really want to see him get his hands on it. uh so yeah i was happy with that and then of course sean dean my dude so um yeah friend of the show for sure (laughs) yeah friend sean dean uh so gets extra points for that let's read some more super chats here uh we've got uh let's see tom Says, I still think Punk takes the title from Hangman. Then Eddie takes it next. Uh, but no MJF title reign this year. I don't know who beats Eddie.
1: I um, don't agree no MJ title reign. I think I MJF, think MJF will champion be this champion, champion this very soon. Yeah.
0: Um, Chris Reigns says, uh, I love Joe bringing back the muscle buster. I know, that that popped me. I was really excited for bringing back the muscle buster. Um, but yeah, I, I love how over Wardlow is getting. Uh, and then, of course, we have best friends unhappy with Wheeler Yuta, uh, unhappy with everything he's uh, he's doing right now because you know they brought him in. He, like you're staying on our couch, and all of a sudden now you're you're trying to get into the, the Blackpool combat club. And but like also he's seeing success. Who can argue with it? And uh, Trent doesn't forgive him, Trent is like he he's calls him a scumbag, gets in his face and tells him he never trusted him, which, if you watch BTE that was always true
1: yeah, that was always the running running gag on BTE um, yeah, I really enjoy the Trent and Yuta stuff, and I think uh, for fans that watch everything I think that's going to be uh, a great treat for them to finally get that Trent versus Yuta match when they do mm-hmm. do it on Dynamite or Rampage
0: yes and uh and of course trent is going to be facing brian danielson this friday on rampage and yuda is facing john moxley in a match that which you have to understand for this night everybody i've talked to who was there said that was match of the night which is insane when you think about what else they saw yeah universe oh. versus moxley match of the night now i saw a picture of a bloody wheeler yuda and i thought Oh, it's like that? Okay. <laughs> so. I, um,
1: I have thoughts. Um, I kind of feel like Brian is going to eventually turn on Mox. I just. I don't know why, but I just kind of feel like he's eventually going to turn on Mox. Because I think everybody thinks okay, well, Yuta's going to join, but I wouldn't be surprised if Yuta joins after Mox gets kicked out.
0: I mean, I don't know. I just. If you've seen the picture, though, there is a picture from the end of the night at Rampage of uh, Tony Khan raising Yuta's hand um, after the show was over and Yuta's covered in blood. And it's like, oh, damn. like It's like that. Like We got that kind of main event out of those two to the point of where Tony Khan came out and congratulated Yuta for the batch he had had. Like, I am...
1: Yeah. I, look, I think a lot of people's... Uh... Re- reservations to get into you to, is that he just looks like another good guy that can wrestle and he doesn't have like much of a character but i feel like they've done a good job with this uh uh blackpool combat club stuff of giving him a motivation and giving him a character outside of just being a good wrestler
0: yeah hey keep talking for a second i have to answer a phone call not a sean Rossap type one but i have to answer scoop one.
1: scoop scoops. um but yeah, I think everything they did in this segment with you was good. I think uh, you know the stuff with Trent is going to end up paying off, and I'm curious to see where they go with this uh, Blackpool Compact Club stuff as well. Um, I I don't I don't know the results of the match on Friday, but my interest is absolutely peaked. If you're giving me mocks and more singles matches, I'm here for it i hope that everything is all right (laughs) man
0: looked concerned at first yeah no it was one of those yeah it (laughs) it was my kids calling okay okay so uh (laughs) so i answered on speakerphone so i'm still visually uh here uh let's see then we did a earlier in the night um which explained a lot right because every time we saw these backstage segments the backstage monitor was out and it was like why is the screen not working and then they show earlier tonight And it's a brawl between Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Eddie Kingston chucks the monitor at them. (laughs) Which is why, for the rest of the night, that monitor wasn't working. Um, But that was, of course, earlier in the night. So, like, I thought it was funny that they, like, remounted it and just didn't have a working monitor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was great.
0: Yeah, so that was a great little... Easter egg throughout the whole night, and uh, and like MJF was like the only person to reference it, like when they're backstage, and he goes, Fix this monitor. Uh, but yeah, Eddie Kingston throwing it at Jericho, uh, as was said by Evan Wright, said that was an all time moment. Um, and yeah, they hit the ring, and they uh, I almost want this to be the name of this trio, but he said, When I see you, it's on site, and I thought yes it's on site i love it
1: (laughs) man you've got to give uh kingston so much credit because he always will take something simple like on site or you know these nuts and he'll get it over these it's not like these are not things that anybody has never heard before like this is common this is common slang or terminology and he'll just throw it out and people will be into it and people will be repeating it and wanting it on the shirt
0: yes I actually uh, I I want the the Eddie Kingston its on site t-shirt now because when Eddie Kingston sees she it's on site now nah, this was great I uh, honestly like I I was really into this first hour of the show yeah I agree. and then uh, and like we kept going right because then you know at the top of the stage um Tony Shivani introduces Jade Cargill I thought this was jade Cargill's career best promo uh and that she came out there she had that bitch glasses on and she she pointed us to her um baddie section she even got old boy in uh the dude who had the the hooter suit on um and he said am i a baddie he was there (laughs) he was he tried to sneak his head to the shot that was great Nah, honestly i thought though that jade cargill had her career promo Um, She called out Marina Shafir, and I thought just everything she said was great. I was really happy with this.
1: Look, I feel like we have been on the Jade train since day one. Yes. And and just watching her progress and getting more and more entertaining every week, watching her get catchphrases over, like to cut the shit. Yeah, Tony,
0: cut the shit. I feel like we're about two weeks away from her going Tony and the crowd going cut the shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just just it's so great i mean the she's doing the lord's work with this uh with this baddies uh section thing keep it going i want to see it every week um but as much as i'm joking here um the way that people will say like the bellas got more women into wrestling or got you know you know pointing out like women are a focal point of the pro wrestling crowd i feel like the baddies section is a good idea for that reason it's such a small gesture but it's one of those things that you know we need more stuff like that in wrestling
2: my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
1: Well, so, you know, when you've got, you know, by somebody like Jade as your champion doing that, it's great. And, man, the I, I popped huge for her saying, I'm sick of all of these MMA rejects. Get these losers out of here. I love that. <laughs> um, you could take that how you will with uh, certain MMA people coming in with Paige Van Zandt and, you know, Ronda Rousey over at WWE. I loved it. I thought that was great because you know I'm sure that some wrestlers might feel that way.
0: Yeah, I I thought this is really great, and I saw somebody say that it's time to break Mark Sterling away from her. I disagree. I think I he is like either. the perfect like simp stooge, um, and I th- like that's the best way to describe him to me is is he is a simp stooge for her. and yeah. uh, I have been just having fun with them as a pairing, but I think the more Mike work she gets the better like it doesn't necessarily need to be mark sterling um but yeah uh, like he doesn't necessarily need to do the talking but i like her as just her like stooge behind her at every at every turn i like this pairing i like this promo uh vanessa hudgens even liked it and tweeted that woman has (laughs) 44 million followers um and the fact that she put that out there just like jade cargo i thought it was all great um i feel like the show was really like firing until the next match um yeah but
1: man listen i said on an episode of grab city that i feel like jade is the best women's champion in the company and she is i feel like she is she is slowly becoming a superstar like just watching her navigate stardom in dallas and watching people congregate around her and watching the vanessa thing She's a superstar at this point, man, and we all—you could all see it happening. You could see she has this aura about her. That's why I didn't understand why people were so dead set against her at one point.
0: Uh huh. Uh, totally agree. I'm I am a Jade fan, so um, if you were paying attention yesterday on the podcast I did on the Fightful podcast with uh, with Sean, I was wearing a Jade Cargill shirt. Um, I I very much own one, and I've owned one since like her first match after the Shaq match I was like in I said you know what <laughs> I see I see, it. <laughs> I see it I was like I see the vision I see where this is going and I am in on Jay Cargill yeah but is she green baby green,
1: green like money baby
0: green like money I'm glad she's even running with that I love Jay Cargill she's great uh and we had the Hardys versus the Butcher and the Blade tables match um whew. Okay, so a lot of this didn't work. And part of what didn't make it work was... um, uh, Let's bring up our our graphic again. Uh, How did I lose that? There we go. Um, Part of why this wasn't working was I think commentary was confused on the rules. Like, the rules were explained, I believe, solidly to the arena in which they said that... uh, both opponents must be put through a table with an offensive maneuver they never said that uh when announcing the rules that being put through a table means you're eliminated but commentary picked up on being put through a table means you're eliminated but like i feel like wwe has done matches tables matches tag team tables matches where it's you have to put both opponents through the table that doesn't necessarily mean that either one's eliminated that just means that you're put through the table um And so, of course, Jeff Hardy being eliminated meant that how did his move count as an offensive move? Uh, That was the big question people asked. Uh, But other than that, it was just like... uh, It was a a mess. Yeah, this was a mess. This wasn't any good at all.
1: Yeah, it was was very confusing to follow. I didn't understand the rules. And like you said, commentary made the rules even more confusing. Um, Yeah, it just wasn't executed very well. I mean... Yes, if you're going to give us Jeff jumping off of high things every week and smashing and, you know, destroying his body for us, yes, I'm going to pop for him doing big swantons every week. And, no, I'm not going to complain about that finish. The, the finish was still great. But the match itself was, yeah, it was all over the
0: place. Yeah, no, this wasn't good at all. Um, I, I The swanton looks good. You'll soon be able to put together Jeff Hardy hi- highlight reel, and he's only been there, like, four weeks. Uh, but... Yeah, and yeah. But at the same time, uh, this this was no good. And then I thought the ending, uh, everything post match was all very the same as we've already seen. Another
1: uh, run in.
0: It was Jeff Hart, uh, Andrade's music hits, and then out comes Sting, and uh, he points to the bat. And I was like, we saw this, we saw this like two weeks ago.
1: The best and part we about this the week before. The best part about the run in was Isaiah Cassidy coming out with two drinks. Listen, Isaiah Cassidy is is easily the most entertaining member of the AFO or the HFO before that. He's just so funny to me, man. I know that some people did not like some of his internet shenanigans last week. Shame on you, Isaiah Cassidy. That wasn't a cool thing to do. But this guy is still funny, man. He is hilarious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I wasn't sure what to think of. I mean, I knew what to think last week of his internet shenanigans, but as far as the post-match, like this, all of this just felt like, okay, it's time for something else for the Hardys, because um, we we've done all of this. We did the eight-man tag already. Uh, we did the uh, we've done private party. We've done Butcher and the Blade. We in and like Andrade just beat Darby, so like we're kind of done with that. Let's move on. on. Yeah, this, I to feel... me, was the D+, plus only because I liked the the Swanton. But I'm done with this.
1: Yeah, I, I'd give it a solid C. Um, only because you know, I feel like the finish kind of saved it from being a complete disaster. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to move on. I think they're kind of dragging their feet um, and holding off. Because I feel like they're going to build to Sting and Darby versus the Hardys at double or nothing or for a big match, but you know, it's just a matter of getting there at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, got a super chat from Tom. Uh, says, when Jade turns face, she's le- she leaves Sterling behind? Yeah, sure. Uh, at that point, I just, like I said, I like her having the simp behind her. It's it's so great. And, uh, I think he is kind of a perfect stooge. Yeah. Um, got a... Speaking of simps, uh, we saw Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm backstage. And... Uh, the internet mm-hmm. lit up as soon as we saw them from the side and then we had uh it was yes. announced thunder rosa taking on nyla rose for the title at battle of the belts 2
1: yeah um yeah look AEW is feeding uh all of you horny pog fans out there uh, <laughs> 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 with that match last week on rampage i saw some of you guys drooling over that match Guys, come on, relax. And I feel like this matchup we're possibly getting with Hater versus Storm is the same kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I'm excited for that matchup. I'm glad people are excited for the tournament matchups. Um, but, yeah, come on, Mike. Come on, stop Yeah, way.
0: I've been trying to figure out the tournament schedule, and I think it's all making sense now uh, in that over the next... Like, kind of eight episodes of Dynamite and Rampage. We're going to see these qualifying matches. And then it looks like May 11th, the tournament begins. Um, There's going to be eight participants in the tournament. Uh, So then that kind of leads you into Double or Nothing. I don't know if Double or Nothing is just going to be the finals of both. Or if it's going to be... Because if it's the finals of both, it's only two matches. If it's the semi and the finals, then that turns into six matches on the card. I don't know. Um, It
1: sounds like it's a finals, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think
0: I'm guessing it's just the finals. Um, but then what do you do with everybody else I guess Uh, oh yeah there's Mm -hmm. a casino battle royale there's things you can do there Um, because I would like to see AEW's approach to like a star studded casino battle royale because it's usually kind of the upper mid card uh, or lower card guys in those but like kind of the appeal of the Royal Rumble is that the Royal Rumble is the stars of the company have come together and converged in this battle royale and AEW hasn't quite done a um, a straight up uh, JJ says, uh, uh, "Mr. JJ says BPW lives on in AEW." <laughs> yeah,
1: like I said, yeah. I saw the responses to that rampage match with Sky Blue versus Jamie. <laughs> guys, relax, <laughs> relax. Um,
0: but yeah, I I would like to see kind of a I, just the same kind of Royal Rumble approach of like here are the stars of the company. So maybe like the guys who don't make it uh, any further in the um, the tournament, because it looks like it is going to be a tournament of the stars. Uh, maybe you do put them in the um, the Casino Battle Royale. I don't know. Uh, but next match we had was, and we're winding down on this show, we had uh, Hikaru Shida taking on Julia Hart. Um, Julia Hart, of course, made her way down with the Varsity Blondes entrance, but then um, told the Varsity Blondes, kick rocks. And commentary was like what are you doing um, and she's like I, I'm gonna try something new here and Sheeta comes out speaking of new graphics I addressed the acclaims new graphics Sheeta got all new graphics all new colors she's had the same stuff since uh, I want to say all out 2019 uh, was when she uh, first debuted the like the, the, the mirror lady
2: yeah. Um,
0: yeah and so she's had all that stuff a long time and she got new graphics all finally and i was like oh cool i'm really happy to see that um and this was also as I pointed out on twitter the second time Sheeta has faced julia hart first time being at the james l knight center in miami florida i was there it was at the uh aw elevation episode that was taped after after um dynamite road rager that year. So, um, that was, of course, a very early Julia Hart. And uh, so, this was kind of a way to see what's changed since Julia Hart has been in the company. Also, nobody pointing out her name's Julia Hart. This is the Owen Hart, um, <laughs> the, the Owen Hart tournament. And nobody pointing out that, hey, uh, no relation, but there is a <laughs> heart in here. Uh, and uh, hell, as she's starting to turn heel here, I thought that would have been something like she would point out of like this tournament belongs to me because I'm a heart. Like, but you're not like related to the hearts. Like <laughs> I don't care, I'm a heart. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, look. I think the stuff that they're slow building, this uh heel turn with her is good. Um, I think that at some point they've gotta pull the trigger. I feel like they've been doing this for what, three months at this point almost. I don't I don't know if that's the exact time frame, but it feels like it's been that long. Um but yeah, I, of course, I noticed the makeup coming from under the eye patch this week. Uh, I think it's pretty clear she's gonna eventually take off the patch and reveal that you know she's got whatever makeup under there and and join the House of Black. House of Black. But yeah, I'm I'm ready for them to just pull the trigger on it. Um, I thought she did some cool things in this match, like the eye gouge spot, um, and I thought she pulled out some cool spots. But yeah, I, I'm ready for them to just go ahead and turn to you.
0: Yeah and this was uh, hey, this was like all about the the turn and, um, and but ultimately, Sheeta's the pro. Uh, Sheeta is the OG of this division and she's not getting past uh, the former champ.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I enjoyed the sta- stare down at the end. I know some people say that they are tired of deep versus Sheeta. Which I don't know how you can be. They always have good matches. I'm I mean, ready I, for I the. I guess
0: the only reason I could say that I might be able to see where they're coming from is that this feud started in October and it's not over, and it's April. Um, so yeah,
1: but here's and, my thing: you can't you can't say that you want them to do more storylines with the women. And give the women prominent spots on TV and then be upset with the first really good long long term booking they've done with the women. Like I feel like this is the best ongoing feud they've done with the women, period.
0: That's a fair point. And it has been long. Um matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, didn't these two have a match in Boston in this arena? Like, is, was it wasn't one of the matches here. I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I don't remember. Maybe? Sheeta versus Deeb took place. I think the first one was in Boston. Let me take a look at that. Um, again, it's one, one of those things where, like, in my brain, I'm like, Will, you know you're right. You don't have to prove <laughs> this. But I'm like, no, no, no. I have to be certain. Um, oh, it was the TBS title tournament in a Gainus arena. In Boston, yep. Hikaru Shida. So it was the second one, though. Uh, the first okay. one was in Philly. Second one was in uh, Boston TBS title tournament, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. And, yeah, I knew it because I remember, I don't know, uh, like I once said on this show, I have a thing for remembering the way the setting looked, the way the venue looked and uh, and how a match looked inside a venue. So I'm like, of course, I remember Sheeta versus Deeb. It was probably my favorite match. Um, I think that was probably top three women's matches of 2021, and yeah. specifically that one. And so I remember the way it looked, and I remember. Because, like, the funny thing about Againus Arena is it has this really weird, and probably people noticed it last night, it's got this exit that's, like, right in camera view. So, like, there's, like, this big black block, in the middle of your screen uh that all the seats kind of surround um and so every time they're in that arena i always notice that uh whether it was the the time they were there in 2019 where the bucks faced private party that match also this arena um or uh when they were in this arena back in october where oh that was the halloween one that was the ghostbuster stuff that all took place in this arena too um,
1: um, by the way, I told Reg this um, when we were watching uh, Bits of Mania. I thought it was funny that people were so into that Jackass match and all of the goofiness of that match, but they hated the Ghostbuster stuff. That was very interesting to me. I don't know, and it um, and, and it turned into people having this conversation like wrestling can be fun, guys, lighten up. I'm like, but you hated that Ghostbuster thing. Interesting, interesting how that worked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so we have BL Dog says still not. Uh, to wait still not to where it should be but it's nice to see more and more women getting their time uh, house of black will be big for julia and face jade will print money grieve with all of that um yeah so yeah and of course yeah Sheeta and Deeve had the stare down uh after the match was over and their one-on-one is coming up soon um is it going to be in the tournament i actually don't know i thought no for sure but now that like Sheeta's already qualified and i don't know what else Sheeta's going to be doing um Yeah. See. I, I could Shout see out. it
1: being I could see it being the finals.
0: <laughs> Shout out to it says Will's memory is wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I could see it
1: being the finals of the tournament and that's where Sheeta wins and Sheeta wins the first tournament cup mm-hmm. and then she of course goes on to have the rematch with Thunder Rosa. Um but yeah, I'm not sure. But I can see it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. But what I do know. Oh, yeah. And this this gets like a, a C um, in that, uh, just because I love Sheeta. Uh, I yeah.
1: Don't... I feel like it's a pretty average match. Um, I, I feel like it did what it needed to do. It progressed some storylines. It actually progressed two storylines. So, yeah. I thought it did what it needed to do.
0: But finally, the main event. Highly anticipated. Young Bucks versus FTR for the Ring of Honor and AAA tag team championships uh, there's a lot of gold on the line and uh this was just everybody was here for this no dueling chance this time this crowd was here for FTR uh and, and there were some let's go young bucks but for the most part people were there for FTR yeah how did man. they do second time around better I thought I thought that this was better than the love letter to tag team wrestling before. I think a big part of it this time around is that these two teams have successfully convinced a lot of people that they legitimately don't like each other. Um, Now, is that the actual case? I'm not going to put that out there, Uh, but (laughs) I will say that they have convinced a lot of people that these two don't like each other, that they They can't stand each other's shit. The um, FTR, of course, when they make their entrance, they even grabbed the Young Bucks confetti and spitting it and kicked it. And it was like uh, they were, or the streamers, um, they were making sure that you knew, fuck these guys, fuck these little pricks. We're done with them. Um, The Young Bucks had, of course, been tweeting all week long about how they're going to bury these guys. They mentioned going to Lowe's and (laughs) getting the shovels. Um, which should have been the indicator that that wasn't going to happen. There were like actual supposed wrestling experts um, who were like, uh, the young bucks are going to bury FTR again. Just like they buried them last time as if the young bucks winning the last match wasn't the right call. They Uh,
1: definitely didn't bury them last time. I don't know why people think. that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, And like this time around the, the dynamic is flipped. Young bucks are heels. FTR are teetering on being baby And The only reason I say teetering is because they still came out of the heel tunnel. But I think they came out of the heel tunnel because their ultimate face turn moment still has to come when they hit the big rig on MJF. That moment is the moment that they are officially baby faces. I think right now they're just kind of like working as faces but like they're still aligned with MJF. But when that big rig happens, crowd is going to explode. The,
1: the timing... If if anybody's watching and wants to take cues from your boy, like I said, I would book FTR versus Infantry, and I would have MJF cost him that match. And that's uh, when the big rig happens. <laughs> I would love that. Because um, it would do two things. It would get you that moment, and it would give Infantry a moment on television. Um, but yeah, I, I think three things worked in the favor of this match. I think um, them having a full capacity crowd and not having the limited crowd... Like, they've been, like they had when they had the first match um, helped a lot because they had, the energy in the crowd was totally different from their first match. And then the Young Bucks are just better as heels. They are. I'm sorry. They're, they just work so much better as heels. And then third, I think this is just a testament to how I think it was just
0: hard at that time, because it was the yeah. early days of AEW, to really present anybody who who started AEW, because we were still in this period where, like, fantastic. they're just grateful for the existence of this company. It was really hard to present any of the elite as heels to the fans because it was like well they they got it. That's this, why would we hate them uh, and and I think as time went on um, the fans were like kind of ready to boo kind of all of them and the one that uh, chose not to jump, chose... shit the rest of them all took it by the way it was like like hey we're booing Kenny Kenny's a heel we're booing the bucks bucks are heels alright now it's time to also boo Cody not <laughs> Cody over here Cody um, <laughs> But either way, I agree with you, um, and that this was the, the um, this was the match that we wanted to see from these guys. And now I just want to see it in a pay-per-view setting. They also smartly spaced the show out because normally the show goes like a good twenty-minute stretch at the start of the show without a commercial break. But they went to commercial like five, six minutes into the show. And instead, we got the ending stretch of the show went 15 minutes without a commercial break. And I thought, we got a lot, the bulk of this match without commercials. And I thought that was really smart. Because in any other scenario that a match goes this long, it went 20 minutes, uh, it would have needed two commercial breaks and it didn't have it. So I was very pleased with that. Um, I was also excited Bobby Cruz um, got to ring announce this match. uh, And that was awesome. wasn't expecting that at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah look, but yeah, I look, yeah, I just,
0: the, 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 near falls were all really smart. Um, this match was really about working over cash Wheeler, uh, and the bucks, especially in that finishing stretch, really mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. it to him. They, uh, they kind of really beat the shit out of, uh, out of cash Wheeler. Um, he even, he he was almost pinned. He took the BTE trigger, and uh, but he got his foot on the ropes, and yeah. Rick Knox saw it. Uh, but now I I enjoyed pretty much that whole finishing stretch, um, and the way it resulted in uh, Matt Jackson taking the BTE trigger, getting the kiss on the cheek, and then getting the the big rig. This was, I I am as a fan of tag team wrestling. I could not be in a better place in twenty twenty two than I am right now. Are you shitting me? Uh I am having so much fun watching Tag Team Wrestling. Uh
1: Yeah. They're I, all doing it. Man, seeing Tag Team Wrestling main event this show was a really good treat. And I think uh the the heel the heel to face turn with the with the uh, F T R is gonna end up being like the best thing that AEW has done at least this year because i feel like they've executed this face turn so well um including all of the real life stuff like them doing the episodes of renee's podcast um everything from them saying they want that young bucks match and teasing it in the battle royal and then getting it and then getting their match with the briscoes in the same week i, I think that they've done such a fantastic job with the face turn
0: yeah and they beat them they beat the young bucks they match. They beat the match. them clean and, and so it's like they uh, and the and the funny thing was, there were multiple points where I think the Bucks believably had it one that belt shot on uh, Cash Wheeler. I I was like trying to convince myself it was like one two and then your brain just kind of stops time and I'm like, all right, so then it'll be two to one or it'll <laughs> be two zero, oh, but then they could still get a victory if they do the third one. But what cause would FTR have or, or they kicked out? Never mind. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I so, I.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought this was going to end in a DQ finish and they were going to come back. So I was glad that they just gave them the definitive win. Um, and, man, that spot of uh, them going for the Meltzer driver and then clicking, that was and, so and good. Co- and
0: he caught it, it did, Dax Harwood. Again, I've been saying all year long, Dax Harwood is becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. I love watching Dax Harwood wrestle. Um, yeah, that spot with the Meltzer driver where he catches Nick Jackson out of the air and, and Nick Jackson did his front flip the ideas these guys come up with together um, I mean like (laughs) it is interesting that they can successfully convince social media that these two are like these two teams really do hate each other but then can also be extremely creative in their matches together and like I would love and you know what I don't even want it for like 10 years but in 10 years I want the sit down between these four guys and I want to talk All of these matches, uh, about how it all went down, what went into planning this stuff, like because it's great, it's it's really great. Yeah, and uh, young Bucks uh... fans, young Bucks fans mostly just don't care for FTR. FTR fans though hate the young Bucks, and it's great. It is one of the few legitimate Uh... things in pro wrestling right now, and I love it.
1: I thought a very nice touch to this was their first match. They came out with the Boston gear on, and they had the four stars on it, and they won the match in Boston.
0: That was Uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Again, there's not a whole lot more I could say about this. This was a lot of fun. Um, And I'm happy. I'm very happy. Uh, Yeah,
1: this was was a great main event. Um, Man, this delivered... Um, it would have been easy to come after that Briscoes match and, and give them, give us like something like, you know, close to it. But I feel like this was, I don't know if it was as good as that Briscoes match, but it was pretty it was damn close. Good, but, but I think it was that, close.
0: Um, if you give these guys another pay per view setting and uh, if you just do it at double or nothing one last time, I think you would get it, especially because double or nothing is going to be such a, a huge environment. Uh, I think you absolutely would get what you're looking for. Nah, this was a hoot. Uh this is an A plus for me. Um and there's not a whole lot more I can say. How about you, Phil?
1: I right, come on man. You gotta get this, this the S, man. Come on. This is this was just this,
0: oh, this one. All right. This
1: this was a great <laughs> match, man. I, I feel like this was this was a great main event, man, and I feel like it's gotten me even more excited to see where the tag division goes from here. I don't know if this means they're getting a rematch at double or nothing. Are we getting red dragon? I don't know, but I'm in. I'm in for whatever they do next.
0: Uh, Let's see. And, of course, oh, two things I had to talk about real quick. Um, So, of course, it was announced that uh, – so we saw a segment, Shane Strickland, um, at the – oh, look, I'm wearing my Swerve shirt right now. Um, But uh, Swerve, uh, of course, is at the Grammys, um, and he was jumped by Team Taz. Or he talked about being at the Grammys. They brought that up. Because uh, it's a big deal. Um, although they forgot one little thing to piece together. So he noted who he was at the Grammys for. Who um, profit the producer who won a Grammy for his production on Donda. um The one little piece they didn't stitch in there, and I guess this is one I'll drop on Graps or non-grapsy on, on Day After Dynamite. Profit the producer made Swerve's theme song. The theme yeah. song he comes out to a Dynamite <laughs> on yeah. AEW. That's. That's his song. And I was like, oh, that was the one little piece missing there was that, yeah, he was there to support the very person who made the theme song he uses in AEW. Right. Um, and then I guess a little spoiler because uh, um, the Observer like put it in their tweet uh, that next week on Dynamite in New Orleans... Uh, Swerve actually makes his dynamite debut in ring um because they're doing the the match on dynamite next week uh Keith Lee and Swerve versus uh Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks on dynamite Yeah it's stop blessed.
1: stop complaining that Swerve is not on dynamite guys they always put the new signees on rampage and give them the reps there I don't know why people do this every time and honestly oh, he's if, only on rampage if you,
0: And if you talk to anybody um, who works Rampage, especially, hell, talk to anybody who's been on last at Rampage, going on last, that's the main event. Getting to send the crowd home, getting to do the last thing for that crowd, um, that's how they see it. And so uh, that's not quite the comparison to dark people want to make it. and granted, I recognize anybody actually making that comparison is doing so in bad faith. Uh, but, yep. That said, I'm excited for this match on Dynamite next week. And uh, because this is a standalone Dynamite, um, because Rampage is live next week, that means that Dynamite next week is literally just Dynamite. So, uh, this is going to be kind of a different type of taping yeah. that we haven't gotten to see in the past uh and let's see um and mark asked if this isn't an s will what is
1: i think it's an s
0: like i said as far as an s to me is concerned i just feel like with an s there's not a whole lot i would change and or there's nothing i would change an s has to have nothing i would change and the only thing i would change here that had a commercial break (laughs) Come on! Like I'm like (laughs) that. That's really it. Is that if I could see? Because like if I were seeing this match on um on pay per view, and that's where I think we'll get it next. You know, we're gonna get it just straight through, no stops. We're gonna get a solid. Just non-stop match and so like it's really hard for, for anything that took me out of the match and like i said a commercial break kind of does that's really the only thing i would change here but i win a plus i can't give i can't be any more gracious to this than, than that um and that's really it uh let's see we got uh, a couple more super chats uh Driver finisher says a six woman tag where no one tags and she didn't deep are the only ones fighting um uh, that would be a actually kind of a dope idea. Um and Coffee Black says, Shout out to the Grab City homies. It really seems like FTR are having the time of their lives right now. I think I they I think they are on the run of their careers and it's 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 amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had people at one point saying that F T R was overrated. Um I did a I did a list for Bleach Report um one year and I had them at number one.
0: I was break this up. Looking at the chat,
2: <laughs> multiple people. I'm come on, sorry. come on, Will.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ooh. But no, I'm i an a plus on this one.
1: He's he's he's, dig- he's digging his feet in I'm, the sand. I'm guys, I'm
0: sticking. To, I'm sticking to it. It's an A plus. <laughs> but I'm happy with it. There's no complaints <laughs> here. There's nothing bad about an A plus.
1: Oh man! I, hey, I told you guys, my grade. Don't 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 yell at me. Um, but yeah, I think FTR got went through this uh, stretch when they first came to AEW, where people were for some reason saying they were overrated, and especially like when they were number one on the PWI tag team list, and I just never really understood that. Um, I think at this moment, like those are the top two tag teams in wrestling right now. It's FTR and the Young Bucks.
0: I tweeted about what it was. Um... In that uh, I, I had a long Twitter thread. If you haven't seen it, go to my Twitter, name RBR, um, where I feel like what it was in 2020 when people felt like the, the the FTR was overrated. I think it's not so much that it was a that I, I'm agreeing with that statement, but I do understand how it was mentally justified with people. I felt like in hindsight in 2020, FTR. Had uh, so they came up. They were, of course, called up. I want to say 2017, right? It was when they got called up to the main roster. And then, uh, of course, there was an injury. Uh, and, and you know, in WWE, when somebody has an injury, when a tag team has an injury, uh, one member of it, they just take both members off of TV. So then they disappeared for like a year, right? And then they didn't come back till 2018. When they came back. They were doing the, the Usi hot stuff and, and all that of that was, shit. Oof. And like, they had a little bit of a stretch where they were paired with Randy Orton. But really, I think, for the most part, they had just kind of been coasting off of their NXT run. That there was nothing done for them on the main roster that really like got them to sink their teeth into who they are and what they're here to do or anything. It was just kind of like we just dead dropped them into Monday Night Raw and they're just going to do their thing. And then... Of course they were unhappy with all of that so they asked for their release twice and they finally did get their release uh, in 2020 and then they jumped ship to aew um, in June uh, like right after double or nothing and when they jumped ship again I felt like even aew did kind of the same thing except only using them but they did kind of the same thing of like eh, you know these guys And just kind of coasted off of the NXT stuff. And it wasn't until really this last year that uh, they really just kind of turned themselves into, as opposed to being the kind of, um, you know, before they were kind of the southern bread, um, follow the rules, you know, only fist tag team. Whereas now, in the last year, they've kind of redefined themselves as like a tribute to the 80s tag teams. And like, you know, with the gear that they wear now, the theme music, Um, And then we've gotten more promo work from them. We've gotten solid promo work from Dax Harwood. um, And I think really the first time we got that was when he got that promo on Jungle Boy uh, before their match. And it was like, okay, Dax Harwood's like really good at this. But then Cash is really good at this. And then, of course, Cash had the injury um, with with his arm getting caught on the, um, Mm. yeah, Mm. I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah, that disgusting injury he had. But again, great promo work getting to know them personally we kind of got to feel them as people and i feel like i think that's the part they were missing it wasn't so much that they were overrated two years ago but i feel like people had no connection with them two years ago um and i feel like people hadn't had a connection with them really since nxt they hadn't had a reason to connect with these guys since nxt and that was five years ago like they left nxt in 2017 that's a really long time um, and it's not like this was a televised NXT. This is WWE Network NXT. Um, there's no way that show was doing more than like 200,000 people at best every week. And so, like, it wasn't like it was um, something that there was a huge audience for. Uh, and I think just a lot of people weren't really understanding what the hyper appeal was behind FTR, other than, or the revival even, other than these are guys who had had a few great matches in NXT. Like, these are the guys that you had they faced american alpha did really well with um and faced diy did really well with but for the most part what did you really like know about them if you weren't following nxt and i feel like now that we've gotten to know them personally i think that's turned everybody's eyes around and they do now feel a connection with them and really if you look back at their nxt run um I don't feel like they're anything like that anymore. <laughs> I was—I no. uh, literally went and look, looked at uh, some old stuff, just as uh, just to watch some old stuff recently. And I was like, "Wow, the way the the, the way they strut now, the the whole presentation of these two, the um, the gear, the all of the and all of the homages they do with the gear. They did the the NWO gear. They've done. Um, they, they've the- had a.
1: The ROH gear this week yeah um, the ROH the gear
0: they've done some great stuff just all of the homages they do with their gear but then the music just kind of gives them this new attitude that they haven't had before um they're not the we go hard. Oh, oh they all not yeah they're not those guys anymore it, it's it's they're, a very different not, presentation they, they don't
1: even do that same handshake um so yeah yeah um they're they i i love what they're doing right now and again i just think that I can't say enough about how good those episodes of Ray, Renee's podcast was because it wasn't like we usually see with tag teams. Like they had them both come on separately. And shout out to my guy that we saw over the weekend, uh, Emilio Sparks. He produces that podcast. So mad. That just great. Congratulations to Emilio and Renee on what they did with those two episodes.
0: Yes, uh, and of course the the chat is talking about the one thing we didn't talk about, which is. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, who got booed out of the building once they kissed each other, uh, but like Sammy doing all the sign stuff, but this time with Ty. Um, I have said for a long time. This isn't just a thing I've said uh, for AEW because I used to say this back talking WWE as well. Nobody wants to see baby faces in a <laughs> in a relationship. Um, like you don't. You, like it's okay to like know it exists, but typically on screen relationships typically I don't know kind of bring people down like I remember um <laughs> and, and I I say that in the sense of look at Daniel Bryan right uh that Daniel Bryan I thought they were actually harming his likability the more they put Brie on screen with him it, it's like we know we know they're in a relationship but honestly it, it's there's still a macho-ness to pro wrestling and Uh, I think really all of the top couples in pro wrestling history have all been heels uh, because that's kind of a thing you do as a heel. It it really hasn't.
1: Macho man and Elizabeth, he wasn't really, he wasn't, well, he was a heel for some of it, Um, Mm -hmm. but I feel like some of his most um, beloved moments were with Elizabeth by his side.
0: Yes. But then when you look at Lita and Edge, well, I mean, Stephanie. there was stuff <laughs> yes, behind the edge, right? <laughs> but, but you look at you look at Hunter and Stephanie. Hell, you look at Triple H in China. You look at um, yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like, and even in AEW history, Kip and Penelope. Um, I feel like when you present couples, it, it's it's one of those like, I think, and here's another person that really hurt: Seth and Becky. That, when people talk about um, what brought Seth's babyface run down, a lot of it was that. Um, now, granted, it was also who they were facing, but I think a lot of people were cool just like knowing the relationship existed, didn't necessarily need it thrown in their face on the show itself. And I think it did harm his perception. Yeah.
1: They Yeah, it went on too long. Because the thing I will say, uh, when they had that mixed tag match, which was like the winner take all match, I don't remember which pay-per-view that was, but... Um, when, uh, when Corbin hit Extreme Becky, rules? I think so. When Corbin hit Becky with that uh, deep six, and he looks straight into the camera and goes, What are you going to do about it, you little piece of shit? And stuff beats the hell out of him. I thought that was great. <laughs>
0: uh, and now I have to look that up to be certain. Of course, this is one of those things. Why am I doubting my own fucking memory? Yeah, there it I go. think it you're right. Like, I think it is Extreme it, Rules. It was, yeah, Extreme Rules 2019. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but either way, uh, as far as we're concerned, um, yeah, and that's—I I don't think this is right. Uh, and yeah, like I said, because somebody pointed out in the chat, um, Jungle Boy and Anna J, like that's a couple we know exists,
1: they're, but they're not on screen. And, like you can
0: right, and like it's even been referenced. Um, Max Castor's taking shots at it, but we don't need to throw in our faces. Like, it's okay. Um, and yeah,
1: and I, I think the cue card bit has gotten old, too. I don't think that it's funny like it used to be. Mm-hmm. I just think that it, it's not really working. I feel like Sammy is kind of holding on to some babyface things that are just not funny anymore. Um, and I think that... And the adding, weird thing
0: is, the cue card stuff was also, like, a heel thing that he yeah, did, too. Like, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that he's yeah. only been a babyface a year, uh, but he did the cue card stuff since AEW launched. Um, so... I don't know. Uh, hey, so, I, of course, being day after Dynamite, got to mention the ratings. Today's rating came in at 989,000. Oh, by the way, Mark says, uh, he's. I don't think it's that they're in a relationship. I think that people are hating these two specifically because of the circumstances wrongly. Um, there's that, too. Uh, yes, and I know. He, I know he's specifically referring to the fact that he um, is no longer with Pam and people... Uh, have their theories about why that is. And so that has kind of turned people against Ty Conti. Because, yeah, you did put the proposal out there publicly, and I think that people were so attached to that that uh, there's a lot of wonder about why we're no longer attached to it.
1: I will say this, and this is me going into a patented, patented rant on this episode, on my debut of the show. Um... Treat women better, guys. Like, I just think the way people have made Ty out to be this whore and this this homewrecker, like, uh, Sammy you can't make his own decision. She didn't drag him into anything that he didn't want to do. You don't know how their relationship ended. And frankly, it ain't our business. So, no, I don't think that trying to make her into a bad person out of that is is fair. And I also just really hate stuff like the Lambert stuff where he's calling women whores and stuff on TV. We just don't need that. I, I personally hate it.
0: Um, so, I'm looking at the quarter breakdown, and I know these don't come out till tomorrow. Um, so, the two highest quarters of the show were the second quarter, which saw, and I'm talking 1849. Um, the second quarter, which was uh, the end of the Cole Christian stuff, and then Adam Page, and of course, um, Samoa Joe's in ring debut. That quarter did really well. And then the second highest quarter was the last bit of Young Bucks in FTR. Mm. So uh, I think that makes perfect sense to me. Um, otherwise, there were three quarters that averaged over a million viewers, and then everything else was like in the the 900,000s. But anyway, that's it uh, for Day After Dynamite. Thank you, Phil Lindsay, for being here. Not that I won't be talking to you in... Less than two days uh, on another podcast we do. Um, except We do, we'll do another, another podcast? Yes, we <laughs> do. And you've done three podcasts in the last week. But anyway, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Peace.